to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks Podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, yep, not too bad. Uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Uh, a little bit of everything that I've already been playing. I'm still getting pretty deep into uh, Moonlighter. I really like that a lot. Um, I finally got past this one uh, message that no, this is this one uh, mission in uh, uh, BattleTech that I've been having problems with for a while. It's just one of those that's just like really wholly unfair, but you just got to kind of figure out a way through it. So, uh, but other than that, I haven't had a whole lot of time to play um, or a whole lot of energy because we've kind of entered into the time of year where I live now called "Screw You, It's Hot," to where it's just so oppressively hot that uh, you just don't want to do anything. Right. Um, it's been at or above uh, 90 degrees for the last two weeks, and it's scheduled to do that for the next uh, week or two more. Uh, for those people playing on the Celsius scale, that's around 32, 33, give or take. So, Okay. All right. Uh, so I've kept on playing um, Call, of Duty, Call of Duty, of course, for this fourth season. I've tried to make it more of like, if if my friends aren't online, I won't really play it much. But then, because I get, um, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this actually, I've got a Call of Duty app. And uh, it's not to like look at stats or whatever, I can do all of that on the game. It's basically, I've set certain friends as favourites and I literally get a notification when they come online. So, if it gets to a point where like, okay, I'm going to go and watch something or go and play something or whatever. And then I get a notification of like, one of the friends that I like to play with is on the game, I'll go and play on it. Um, if it's a case where, like, I go to play on the game, but no friends are kind of online or whatever, I'll play do something else, uh, play someone else or watch something else, so it, I've tried to sort of turn it into more of, like, a, a social kind of thing, because that also helps me to cut down, because I can't just play Call of Duty all the time, I need to play other games and stuff. Um, so that's, that's helped me to kind of cut down my time on it, if you get what I mean. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. I, I've tried to sort of make it so that, like, I'm playing it less, but when I'm playing it, it's in bigger chunks. So, like, let's say it's, like, instead of playing, like, I don't know, four nights a week or something, not saying I was necessarily doing that, but let's say it's, like, four nights a week for a couple of hours, it would be, like, one or two nights a week kind of thing, but then for, like, the whole night kind of thing. So, it's it's less, like, days. It's it's less sort of spread out time and more sort of, okay, this is one big kind of session because uh, then we just play game after game after game. And then maybe for the next two days, not many people are on, and I won't play the game as much. Um, and then I'll I'll play some other stuff. So I'm, I'm I'm trying to basically just sort of manage my time because, you know, with, with with story games, with multiplayer games, I'll never finish Call of Duty online. I can play it as much as it will let me. But uh, yeah, because obviously with you know story based games and things, you play them, finish them, move on to the next one. So I've I've tried to just kind of manage the time on it a bit more. And I thought that would be one of the better ways to do it. Is like if even if I'm in the mood to play it or whatever, and uh, not many friends are online, I'll kind of just save it until later, until they are. So, um, plus the, you got the other side of it, which is if you play for slightly less time, and some of my friends say like, "Hey, we're we're kind of coming offline," and that now I'll go off of it as well, and then go and play and watch something else. So it it, it I feel like it's been balanced a lot more. Uh, one reason is is because within the last week I've gotten about um, six hours of Last of Us Two in. I'm doing my new game plus. Um, I've just liked the game the more I play it every time. Um, I've gotten past, obviously, obviously some of the bigger story beats early on. There's certain things I didn't even notice about the story first time around that I did this time, which have 
again made the game even better. Just just the more and more I experience from the game and the more I think about it and the more I play it, the more and more I like it. So uh, yeah, it's it's one of them because yeah, it's a twenty two hour game or, or so. There's a lot going on in there story wise, and a, a good chunk of that is obviously just gameplay stuff, but. Yeah, there's there's certain little I don't know just, just expressions or lines of dialogue and those sorts of things which I've noticed that have kind of popped up more, um, and that sort of thing. One uh, thing I did the other day, I think this was on um, Sunday night. I think it was. Um, I was doing the. This isn't really a spoiler per se, but it's. I, I was in the part where you're in uh, Seattle with Dina. It's you obviously playing as Ellie and you've got Dina there, and. Um, that's one of the more bigger areas in the game. There's certain the game's laid out to where it's like it's linear, but it's a bit more open. But it's not like open world. Um, and there's a part of the start of the game where you're going through Seattle. And um, I thought, okay, because I'm not trying to do so much just story stuff, I'm just going to explore more because why not? And it will help me to find more stuff. I found this like entire um, cutscene in this music shop so for those of ha- who haven't played it yet or whatever i'm just kind of uh letting you know if if you find the music shop in uh the f- the first time you go to seattle uh look for that and you'll you'll trigger an entire cutscene and it's not like something that's massive for the story but it's ellie and dina kind of talking about the past and ellie's playing guitar and dina's with with her and then there's this scene a little bit before that where ellie's kind of messing around uh, dina's messing around on some drums and it's even just that little side piece itself. Um, it uh, added a lot to to the story and things, and just yeah, just just added so much more to it. And uh, as I kind of said on Twitter, I think two two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. Um, there's so many little touches and animations and arts and just details and stuff that they didn't even need to put in this game, but just elevates the whole experience. Um, and yeah, just yeah. Obviously, I've I've reviewed it already. I've done um, you know some different let's plays, and I've talked about it on other podcasts and that. But because uh, I kind of thought like, oh, I'll be ex- experiencing the story I've experienced before. It will feel like the same exact thing. Um, but no, I'm still just like watching cutscenes, and th- I don't need to watch the cutscenes. It's got nothing to do with me getting the extra stuff. But I'm I'm watching those cutscenes again, and and that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's been it's been a, it's just been an experience that's added on top of my uh original experience with the game so um and i sort of feel a bit more like i can have more patience with it like oh you know just just look in this little room and there's there's even things like a couple of safes that i found which is where you can obviously grab other stuff and grab these like trading cards and stuff so yeah it's it is one of them games where if you do try looking every corner you'll probably find more than what you expect not in every single room but in in a lot of rooms so because uh, for me to platinum in the game, I'm going to assume I need to find all those like trading cards and uh, fully upgrade Ellie's like um, uh, list, listen mode and and all that sort of stuff. Like the the little skill trees, I can't remember what it's called exactly, um, but uh, all that kind of stuff and fully upgrade all the weapons. So you will need to look around quite a lot for that sort of stuff. But I I feel more patient with it which has been good so it's mainly been that and uh call of duty uh did you see the ghost of tsushima um embargo lifted today yeah yeah glowing glowing reviews uh nines and tens is is all i've seen um i've seen certain websites that have said like this is they've not given a score necessarily but said like this is one of the generation's greatest games and it's just it's another win for playstation um you know it's another exclusive for them this is from sucker punch of course ghost of tsushima is out on Friday, 
Um, I have reactivated my Boomerang account and I've gone to the one game priority level, uh, which is a cheaper version of that sort of level. Um, they've said that I might be sent the game on Thursday, so we'll see uh, how that goes. So, because the the postage in the UK has been a lot better since it was a couple of months ago, we're not waiting like two weeks for our posts and stuff like that. So, um, are you looking forward to the game at all, Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pick it up day one. I mm-hmm. almost never do that anymore, but I'll definitely get it at some point. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that on Friday. Um, and uh, just to kind of reiterate a point a little bit, like, no one's talking about Ironman VR. It's, it's kind of been like Last of Us 2 straight into Ghost of Tsushima, and some of that's been because of the release date and that sort of stuff. So... Uh, it is what it is, I suppose. But all three games are out. Last of Us Part 2, Iron Man VR, and, uh, well, Ghost of Tsushima's out on Friday. So, look out for that. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm going to obviously talk about Twitch later as well. I am streaming Last of Us 2 on Twitch, not with a microphone, uh, just sort of throwing the game up to Twitch. And um, do be wary, obviously, of spoilers, because there's going to be... I'm going to be in certain parts of the game. I'm going to go through the whole game and try and stream as much as possible. So, uh, I'm going to be putting those on the YouTube channel later. Uh, so look out for those, but um, yeah, it's been certainly a fun experience. So uh, that's everything for what we've been playing, uh, and then of course next week uh, it, it depends. So the plan for Ghost of Tsushima, um, if I haven't finished the game by next week's podcast, which will possibly be on Wednesday, I'll give some impressions for the game. I'll probably talk about the game anyway, um, but I don't know how long the game is necessarily. If I finish it before then, I might review it. I might review it after next week's podcast. I don't quite know yet, so we'll see. But I will definitely be talking about the game in some way, shape, or form if I do get it uh, before next week's podcast. So, Because uh, I might get it Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. I don't really know. So we shall see. Uh, but that's everything for that. Let's move into some housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show, too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. 
that's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment and then all you need to do is support us at the one dollar level tier that will get you access to all of the ad free podcasts that we've done in in the past and get you access to all the ad free podcasts in that month as well so it's a great way to support us on entertainment talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad free podcasts you can also become a patron at the three dollar level tier that gets you access to ad free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, another United cast episode. Unfortunately, no win this week uh, uh, um, on yesterday for Manchester United. Let a goal in in the 96th minute. And that's really unlucky, of course. Uh, so it was Manchester United 2, Southampton 2. And uh, we didn't move to third in the league table, which is unfortunate. It's a shame. But uh, we do play again on Thursday against Crystal Palace. And then on Sunday in the FA Cup semi-final against Chelsea. Uh, if you listen to United cast, I already said when I'm going to do the next episode. So I won't repeat that here. But yeah, some good performances, some bad defensive performances. But uh, sometimes that's what happens in football. I uh, did a podcast called The Power of Naughty Dog. I did tie it in with this week's uh, Let's Play Sunday episode 50, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but uh, yeah, just wanted to talk about, you know, the success of Naughty Dog, um, both, you know, from my personal experiences and from the games they've released. So Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Dexter, uh, the Uncharted games, Lost of Us 1 and 2, just lots of uh, successful video games. And uh I think they deserve a bit of praise for it. So I did that podcast. Um, Let's Play Sundays, the episode I just referenced, is for Crash Bandicoot and Last of Us 2. Uh, It's for Crash Bandicoot 1, 2 and 3 and for certain spoiler-free sections of The Last of Us Part 2. There's two videos for each um, so there's four videos this week, so you can go and look at those if you want to. Uh, also talked about Main Night's 3-0 win over Aston Villa. Um, did a podcast on, uh, uh, I think it was Friday last week, about my Toy Story TV series pitch, which would presumably be on Disney+, Plus because that would be the ideal platform for it. This isn't like me talking about a confirmed TV series, this is just me as a diehard fan of the series, uh, pointing out a particular time period that you could use to maybe tell a story... It probably won't happen, but it was just me as a fan kind of just putting an idea out there. That was pretty fun to do. It's always nice to talk about Toy Story, uh, so I talked about that as well. Uh, me and Robert last week did a Q&A and Would You Rather combined podcast um, where we did exactly that, answered some questions and answered some with you, Would You Rather scenarios, so you can go and listen to that if you want to. Last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about Last of Us Part 2's factions update. Naughty Dog gave a statement, which I read out, so we talked about that. Uh, some actresses and actors voice actors and actresses from uh, Breath of the Wild 2, the upcoming Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel, uh, talked about them finishing recording their lines for the game when we debated what that sort of meant, and we also talked about our predictions for the Ubisoft Forward event, which we'll be talking about here in a minute, so there's that as well. Classic Reviews episode this week, there'll be a new episode tomorrow, but last week's episode was for Season 4, Episode 5, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. So far there has been The Truman Show, Liar Liar, The Mask, Batman Forever, where he played as the Riddler, and um, Ace Ventura Petitative, which is probably his one of his most known roles for that. So that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into talking about that Ubisoft event in the news. See you in a minute for that.
Right, so Ubisoft forward. Uh, it was Sunday night. I did almost actually forget about it. It was only because about an hour before the event, everyone was like, oh, what's everybody expecting and that sort of thing. So I did almost forget that it was going to happen, but I did watch it all. Uh, what did you think of their event, their showing? Well, overall, I thought it was fairly competent. Uh, we got a lot of new information. We got some allegedly release dates. And when I say alleg- allegedly, that just means... You know, you can't count on a release date being an actual release date anymore. Um, we got all kinds of new information from some games, a lot of things we didn't expect. And then we'll just have to go from there and see what checks uh, out. Yeah. Um, so we got... I'll talk about the, the three big games they've got. Obviously, they showed Assassin's Creed. They showed Splinter Cell. Um no, it's not Splinter Cell, sorry. Splinter Cell was in a mobile game, and uh, they talked about Far Cry 6 and Watch Dogs Legion. So the, the three big games, what I meant to say, was Assassin's Creed, uh, Valhalla, Far Cry 6, and Watch Dogs Legion. Um, yeah, and then Splinter Cell was in a mobile game. Um, Watch Dogs looked good, I thought. Uh, Far Cry is just a cinematic trailer showing off uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who's from uh, Gus Ring from Breaking Bad. Uh, and he's been in some other stuff. He was in Mandalorian first season, and he was in. He's been in some other stuff as well. But he's going to be the villain in Far Cry Six, um, so uh, or seemingly the villain at least. And um, I thought that was a good trailer, a good way to sort of introduce the villain. That obviously that's going to be a big thing for the seat for the uh, game and stuff. Uh, what did you think of Far Cry Six? The little trailer that we got shown. Uh, I thought it was good for the most part. I mean, they're going with very well-known, uh, very competent actors for the main cast. Uh, we got to see a lot of the world that they're creating for where we're going to be in for this game. Uh, so we'll just have to see what kind of plot lines we get, what kind of story uh, arcs we get released ahead of schedule, things like that, and then just kind of go from there. Yeah. Um I mean, it's going to depend on what the gameplay looks like. Uh, I'm not guaranteeing that I'll finish Far Cry games anymore, because I didn't with the last one. Um, So we'll see what it's like. I hope that they don't do what they did with, I think it was Far Cry 4, where uh, Troy Baker was voicing a villain, and the villain was, like, hardly in the game. So, uh, like, I don't want... I don't want... um, Giancarlo Esposito's uh, character to be in every scene, but I want him to be in more of the game than what some of the previous villains were, so we'll see what that comes out like. Uh, what do you think of what they showed of Watch Dogs Legion? Uh, I can't, it's kind of hard for me to talk about that, because that gets into a lot of tricky areas. So, What, what kind of tricky areas? Well, the movie, mostly, that they showed before that, because they obviously didn't show... Um, much of the gameplay, pretty much most of what we saw was either not gameplay or just, uh, um, you know, concept art. I mean, we did get some gameplay at the end, but then with that movie they showed, that was kind of the perfect example of what I've tried to dance around a few times when I say I don't mind politics in games, but I hate it when they just use it as a cudgel to beat you over the head with. Uh, and then a lot of that was on display for that movie that they showed. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what that's like. I'm still looking forward to it. I am curious to see how they're going to... To kind of go off of what you said before and to kind of reiterate the point, like, because um, one one thing I thought about once they were showing this is like, okay, so this game's got, I think, permadeath. And mm-hmm. so if, if, one, if one of the characters that you're playing as is in this uh, dead set group and they die and you move on to the next one, 
if you if you've got twenty people in that group, or let's say even five people, and all f you get killed five times and they all die, what what happens then? Because then you don't have does it is it just like okay you start as just I don't know someone else, um and I kind of I kind of wonder like because they they did have characters in the second game like they had Marcus and that who was the main character, and it's the same group they're still pointing out dead sex so I'm wondering like are they going to be in the game or I I don't know they haven't showed any of that because you, you look at this game and you think like okay I, you get the idea that okay you you can recruit basically anybody and then you play as them and then you do missions with them but where are like who who, who are the main characters in this game and again just asking the question of like okay if if all the people that i recruited die who do i play as or is it just a case where they bring in they just bring in someone else and then you just i don't know man it's uh yeah what do you think well, see, that's something that I've talked about on several occasions with the issue of the uh, the open worldness of that. To where you know that's always going to be an issue when you have a game like that. And I like the the concept of that of a game like that to where you know a main character can die, but the mission still has to go on. But then some of the story gets lost because some of the motivation behind those people, you know, isn't quite there. Mm. Um, my whole thing with the the politics is that this is just somebody's nightmare scenario to where that's actually what they think London will become in a post-Brexit world. And granted, I am an American, so I don't have a full grasp at, on Brexit. I just don't see it getting that bad just because, you know, I've lived through a worse terrorist attack than they, they're talking about on that game with uh, 9-11 in New York and well, America's not great. It didn't become that, at least yeah. to to that extent that they're trying to show in the game. Mm. But when, and this is why I referenced the movie because when they had that monologue at the very beginning of it, when he said that you know at first they came for the artists or whatever that was, that was a, a ripoff of an earlier statement decrying the rise of Nazism right before World War II. So they're trying to equate, oh, if you support Brexit, then you're a Nazi. Okay, and that's I, I'm sorry, that's just not the case. Right. Yeah. So, um, but no, I'm curious to see like how just how the game works in that way because usually previously with the with the other two games, um, if you die as Marcus or I think it was Aiden in the first game, you just mm -hmm. press restart, you play as whoever, and then you keep going. So, um, I kind of think that it is what I think they could do. It, let's say you have five members, they all die. I think like some of the background main characters that are like at your base that you you see in cutscenes, maybe they'll like randomly recruit just another person so that you still have just one person in there, and then you kind of just take it from there, and that would maybe happen every time. But I don't know. Uh, it's either going to be a case of that, or you're not the only one recruiting. So maybe as some of the players, some of the people that you've recruited die, there's been other people in your group recruiting other people, and you'll just play as them, and then you'll never run out of people to play as. Even if you keep dying, that's a possibility as well. Yeah, see, the thing that, I, and they might be doing this, they might just be keeping this, you know, under the vest. The thing that would make more sense is that if your character was tasked with being like an overall general, like you went out and found the people to do the, the things, but you still remain in the background, kind of directing traffic, for lack of a better word. Because um, then it's still your story. You're just getting people who also agree with what you're trying to do to uh, go out and do the things that they have the skill set to do when you don't have that skill set. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. 
Uh, but that was what they showed of Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, they did put a date out there. I think it was either October or November. We're going to do something a little bit later in the show where we go through release dates from July until December. And Watch Dogs should be in there. So we'll, we'll go through release dates properly a bit later. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was shown. Um, it looks like Assassin's Creed. Um, I've kind of uh, joined in the debate online that like... Assassin's Creed hasn't really been Assassin's Creed for a long time because it's been a while since there's been an Assassin's Creed in Assassin's Creed because originally Assassin's Creed was an about was about an actual Assassin's Creed hence the title of the you know the game um and now it's kind of it, it, it's been the last couple of games since maybe Origins and Odyssey and maybe some of the other ones uh, and certainly what they're doing here with Valhalla There isn't really an Assassin's an actual creed for Assassins in in some of the newer games and it's kind of just turned into this like um, Okay, we still got the Assassin stuff here kind of even though they took the Instant kill hidden blade thing out which took the actual assassination stuff out of the Assassin's Creed game when you're an assassin and you want to do that, they sort of took that out of the game. So they really, they they did get themselves to a point where like they taken the Assassin's Creed out of it, and then like kind of slowly took, took the Assassin's Creed out of it. Then they took away the uh, instant kill, which is one of the biggest features of the of the old games. They are bringing that back, obviously, for this game, like we said before, and that's a big kind of win for the game. But yeah, other than that, it just it just feels like another third person. Um, action game that has swords and this is with vikings this time and i feel like what ubisoft's gonna do now with assassin's creed is like okay keep uh, i think it's layla her name is or lila who is the modern day character that you play as now and uh, i feel like every assassin's creed now until they're finished with lila's story which could be never um that they're just gonna kind of reskin the, the you know the the storyline from the past and then they'll, they'll they'll just pick a different theme every year the weird thing about that is when it was with Desmond, they reiterated that like okay, Ezio and um who is the first assassin? I can't remember his name. I'd never played the first Al- game. Altair. Altair and then uh, Ezio. They were directly like tied into the game and you you even played as Ezio for like three games and it was actually tied into the story. It really feels like they've stripped away all of that and now it's kind of this excuse of okay, you play as Layla or Lila, whatever her name is in the modern day stuff you do a couple of things here and there and then like okay let's go back to the past this isn't really her ancestors because that's never really been that that whole idea about okay you go back and you play as your ancestors so that you learn assassins killed kills um assassin sort of skills from them and then take that into the modern day and then progress that forward that idea has been gone for a long time in assassin's creed um and uh, now it kind of feels like okay instead of you playing as your ancestors and having that tie in you now just play as some character that we're going to name and we're going to reskin the game every year. It's like, okay, this year's going to be Vikings, next year it'll be something else, year after it'll be something else. Um, and it's just, it's not really Assassin's Creed anymore. Um, but, uh, so what do you think of what they've kind of done? Yeah, I mean, you're not the only one to say that. I've seen a lot of people have that issue with Assassin's Creed and that it's just become an RPG and gotten away from that whole mythology. Um so, I mean, I am kind of interested in it from a storyline. It's definitely looking like it's going the route of uh, uh, Odyssey rather than some of the earlier games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, And I do have a, a companion story to go with that because this is something that I found when I was doing my new search. 
and this is um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will have almost no side quests. The flow of Assassin's Creed Valhalla involves world events and places of traditional side quests. So it looks like they they uh, took the uh, criticism from Odyssey about how much it was just too much grind. Way too much. Way yeah. too much in Odyssey. And so according to this, they, re- they retooled it into what's called world events. That includes Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, but the traditional side quests are non-existent. There are longer story arcs to complete as part of the main quest. But extra activities you complete will happen more spontaneously and won't be necessarily quests that you have to seek out. Um, they chose this approach to fit the narrative as the protagonist arrives in England as an invader rather than a native. Having quest givers left and right would not make sense since you're actively trying to make allies. So it looks like, I mean, there's still going to be some amount of grind, some kind of uh, you know questing system. But they're trying to make it more dynamic, less uh, go to spot A and collect spot B or go to uh, location C and do object D or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will see how it works out. I am going to try this game out. Um, one of the things that genuinely is pulling me back in is the idea of, like, okay, the hidden blade kills are instant kills because there was no reason to ever take that out. And it it was just so ridiculous with Origins and Odyssey of, like, okay, if you jump on someone and stab them in the neck, which is an assassination, you've, like, injured them. That's a kill. <laughs> like, that. that's an assassination kill. Uh, and that should never have been taken out of the game. So... Uh, but that is that for Assassin's Creed. Uh, Splinter Cell is in a mobile game. There's no actual new Splinter Cell game. Um, as soon as the event started, I was like, okay, don't just just don't expect Splinter Cell to be in here, and he wasn't. Um, but what do you think of what they did with Splinter Cell? Uh, you do? mean where they're trolling us, making us thinking they're gonna get a Splinter Cell game when they just have Sam Fisher and whatever crappy mobile game? Yeah, that winds up being. Yeah. Uh, I'm over it. I mean, I'm over getting trolled by them. As much as I want a uh, um, Splinter Cell game, I just accepted the fact that I'm not going to get one. So yeah, yeah, I've kind of kind of reached the same conclusion. Um, which is it's just a weird decision from Ubisoft, but because uh, I think this is the second mobile game he's been put into, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So I can't remember the names of either of them, but yeah, that he's. I think it was one one from last year's E3 and one from this year's Forward event, which th- this is basically their E3 showing, really, isn't it? What yeah, they, what they would have done for me for E3. So that happened. Uh, we already talked about Far Cry Six. I am excited to see Giancarlo Esposito Esposito in uh, in Far Cry Six because I've obviously seen Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and uh, he's been really good in both of those. Uh, we talked about Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, I guess that's the Ubisoft stuff. Do you have anything else for Ubisoft? Because it was there was three uh, big games, and then they just showed a bunch of other stuff to me. So. Yeah, they did show a bunch of other stuff. We did get an announcement for a hu- what they're calling a huge new uh, Trials track. I don't know how big they consider huge is, but it should be interesting. I haven't, I haven't picked up the Trials Rising in I don't know how long. So mm. Yeah, so there's that as well. Um, all right, let's move on from Ubisoft. Uh, a, bit, a, bit, a bit disappointing overall. It's, it's weird because some things I was like, okay, you really didn't do very good with this. And then I was like, hey, Watch Dogs Legion has some, some cool ideas. Assassin's Creed might be good. Um, and uh, we'll just have to see what those games are like. So uh, Far Cry 6, by the way, is February, February something uh, for 2021. So 
Uh, Crash Bandicoot, uh, one of my favourite characters in video games. Uh, the mobile game which we talked about before, which is called On The Run, has got a new trailer. It's not got a release date, but you can kind of pre-register for it. Not really pre-order, because the game's going to be free, probably with microtransactions and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, they showed the trailer. I thought the trailer looked pretty good, actually. And, you know, if you if you were to come over to me and say, Hey, Matt, we want to make a uh, Crash Bandicoot mobile game, and it's going to be this Temple Run style sort of thing, I don't know what else you could have really done, other than what you've uh, kind of shown. It's the standard, you know, switch from left to right, jump up or slide or whatever, spin the crates, collect stuff, fight some bosses. Uh, I think what they're doing for the boss fights looks kind of interesting. You basically pick up like a, I think it's like a Wampa Fruit or something like that and you throw it at the enemy. Uh, not seen the whole game of course so I don't know if, if other boss fights are different. Uh, you can switch to Coco I think at certain points in the game which kind of makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah, looks like kind of just an interesting game. I've not got too much to say about it. We, I'll uh, I will be playing it, and I'll give some impressions when it comes out. Uh, I might even review it. It depends on how long it is and and whatnot. But um, yeah, for a Crash Bandicoot mobile mobile game, uh, I think it's it's worked out the best it can really do uh, so far. There's I I can't really ask for much from from mobile games because they are kind of I suppose limited in certain ways. Um, but, yeah, did you see this trailer at all? What do you kind of think of, of this? Yeah, I saw the trailer, and obviously I'm not the uh, Crash fan that you are, but like I've always said, if you get more of what you like, that's never a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll see how that works out. But uh, I've I've seen some like bits and pieces of gameplay. I've seen some trailers and things like that. Um, and uh, I wouldn't say I'm like excited for the game. I'm much more excited for Crash Bandicoot 4, of course. It's weird. There's two Crash Bandicoot games coming out. <laughs> which uh, wasn't the case a little while ago. But uh, one of them is a mobile game, of course. And one of them is Crash Bandicoot 4. I'm obviously more excited for Crash Bandicoot 4. The actual proper uh, AAA video game on consoles and things but um i suspect that this mobile game will come out before crash bandicoot 4 you wouldn't want them coming out too close together as well i i think this will maybe be out within an like by by the end of july i'll be surprised if it's not out by that point um i could be wrong but i think you'll basically get it for you know before around about the end of july early august and then uh crash bandicoot 4 comes out uh second of october so it, it will give a good like two months um and i don't suspect that this will take you two months to finish so um we shall see uh we had some other quite big news i think this dropped in between the recording in the last episode and, and this one i'm pretty sure uh, Sony's brought a percentage of Epic Games, um, and from what I remember, I think it was 250 million. I might have that number wrong, but I think that's the correct amount for that. Uh, I did listen to, I did get some useful insight from Colin and Chris over on Sacred Symbols, um, and uh, you guys should go and check them out, go and support them, go and listen to the podcast. Just want to give them some credit for uh, giving some interesting uh, ideas and uh, and insight and stuff. Uh, one of the things that Colin was talking about, which I didn't really think about, is if this gives Sony a bit more of a like push towards um, Unreal Engine Five, and um, like obviously they'll get money from things like um, the Epic Games Store. They'll maybe get like a tiny bit of Fortnite money, and obviously we don't know the exact details. We don't have the contract in front of us, but uh, those are some of the things that are involved with Epic Games. So. This seems, it seems like one of the things that it might be a little bit kind of background sort of uh, stuff for like the you know the 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 the, uh, the general public that doesn't really um, follow gaming news as much as we do or whatever. So this this will probably end up being a little bit more of a background thing. Um, but uh, what do you think of Sony's portion of an acquisition? I suppose. 
Yeah, that's really interesting from the Epic standpoint because that does make more sense now when we thought about the uh, Unreal Engine tech demo and the, how they kept constantly talking about uh, the PS5. Yeah. That, that puts that in much more context and makes that way much more sense now uh, just because you didn't really have a whole lot of uh, Unreal 5 on the uh, on the PlayStation 5, but now everything makes way, way more sense. Yeah, you put that um, into some of your next-gen games and that. And uh, I, I'm going to assume they're going to be in maybe other games as well, but um, this will give Sony a bit more of a, I suppose, a push towards it or some sort of, I don't know. Again, we don't know the finer details of the of what this, what's been signed, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that uh, Unreal, uh, Epic, and Unreal is just a cash printing machine <laughs> with Fortnite and everything else they have. So buying. Even a small percentage, if I remember the number, and it's like one and a half percent for the two hundred fifty mil. That's still gonna put money in your pocket, no matter what. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see how this works out. Like I said, it might be a bit more of a background thing. Um, but when you just like kind of a note to the audience, I suppose, whenever you see future PS Five trailers, you might see some like Unreal Engine Five stuff. Not with every single game, but maybe with some of them. Maybe with some more second and third part third uh, third party games possibly um we don't know exactly which games it will show on because you do have you know sony engines as well gorilla has got um i think it's called the decimer engine which death stranding used a bit of as well so you're not going to see unreal 5 used with every single playstation game because some developers got their own engines and whatnot but um yeah be interesting to see how this works out so and which games it appears on and whatnot so uh, that's that, and that's all the news I've got. We do have the release dates. Uh, what we'll do is we'll go next to what Robert's got to talk about, and then we'll go to release dates. Again, I'm not going to read out every single one, otherwise we'll be here for four hours. Uh, I'm going to read out some of the notable ones, and then we have a bunch of emails, and then we'll wrap up the show from there. So, going forward, uh, Robert, what do you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, first off, we have a new record in the video game sales, but not what you would think. A copy of Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo Entertainment System set a world record at Heritage Auction uh, Comic and Comics event on July 10th. So this is uh, game was a copy of Super Mario Brothers originally released back in 1985, as well as being sealed. What made this uh, black box copy so rare and highly sought after is that is after the use of the cardboard hang tab and the plastic wrap, which is still intact. Uh, now this was a record sale, so try to guess like ballpark. What do you think it went for at auction? What is the item? Sorry, the original Nintendo Entertainment System Super Mario Brothers cartridge sealed, new in box with hang tab. Okay, sealed, new in boxed. And the hang tab is the little plastic tab they would stick on the back of it after you factory sealed it, so they could hang on a rack, so you can hang it like clothes and whatever. Oh right, right, yeah. Um. I did actually see this news earlier in the week. I got a glance at the price, but I can't remember it. It was like one thousand five hundred something, if I remember rightly. Uh, one hundred and fourteen thousand. One hundred and fourteen. I may be forgetting one of the ones that were, was in there. So one of the zeros. Yeah. Yeah. yeah one of those. But yeah, one hundred and fourteen thousand was the uh, sale price. So it's cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's a game a lot of people have nostalgia for. Um. And like you said, it's even got the little hanger thing on there, new factory sealed and all that. Um. So yeah, someone's going to be enjoying that, or maybe you know they. I don't know if they'll open it and play it or whatever, but they'll be enjoying their uh, collectible that they've got at least. Um, and who knows, maybe it will be worth even more money in in a certain amount of time, and they can either sell it or I don't know. So, um, what's your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's kind of cool in the sense that, you know, to find something like that is super rare. Um, to find it at all, to begin with, is hard enough because a lot of those games just... Well, it's like anything else that has collectible value. It has collectible value because nobody thought to collect it. Um, that's mm-hmm. why all those uh, Golden Age comic books from the 40s are so rare and so valuable. Is because back then... You didn't save comic books. You read it, you got your enjoyment, and then you recycled the paper because that was part of the war effort. So that's why there's so few of those that exist. Um, outside of that, I mean, I don't know if uh, flea, markets, flea markets and garage sales are a thing in the UK, but every now and then you'll see something on like Antique Sorocho or whatever to where, oh, I got this at a yard sale for 20 bucks, and then they find out it's worth like 50000 or something crazy like that. Hmm. Yeah, so cool stuff. Um all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, one of the old school Microsoft games finally has a release date on mm. PC. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator is coming to PC on August 18th, so we're just about a month away from that. Uh, you can pre-order on Windows 10 or pre-install for a Game Pass for PC if you have that. Uh, if you're not part of Game Pass and you're going the buy it now option that uh, you've got three uh price points uh 60 us gets you the standard edition which includes 20 planes and 30 airports the 90 dollars deluxe edition has five more planes and airports and the 120 dollars premium deluxe edition has five more of each uh, for those people that have never played it the very first microsoft flight simulator game came out in 1982 uh so i'm as someone that's an old school fl- fan I'm really cool, you know, really stoked that this is coming back out, and I can't wait to see it. I don't know if I'll actually buy by it or not. I might just, like, wait until they have, like, a get three months of Game Pass for a dollar whatever sale again and then just re-up that. Um, and this is a flight simulator, so this isn't, like, you know, combat, missiles, rockets, take down the base or whatever. You are literally just generic commercial pilot in a plane flying around to airports. So this is a game more for people that, like, like geography and uh, landscape viewing and just want to fly a plane. And it's very technical in its application. So you actually have to learn how to land a plane and take off. And the actual, you can't, you're not doing barrels on a 747 because that, <laughs> that tension will just shear their wings off. Yeah. Um, and if you do run this on the PC, you will need not a super beefy computer, but something fairly modern. Uh, they do list the hardware specs on PC as a Ryzen 7 Pro 2700X or Intel i7-9800X for your CPU, high-end AMD Radeon 7 or NVIDIA RTX 2080 GPU, 8 gigs of RAM, uh, VRAM, 32 gigs of regular RAM, 150 gigs hard drive space, and a 50 megabit per second connection for the best visual. So I'm assuming there's some amount of streaming involved when it comes to... Uh, that video. And there is on YouTube uh, the full Microsoft Fight Simulator trailer. So if you want to just see how beautiful this is going to look, just uh, fire it up, set it to 4K or whatever the max is for your uh, stream and just go on there. Cool. Um, yes, a game I'm looking forward to. Um, this this would be a good game for like you know streams, let's plays, that sort of stuff. Uh, people experiencing their home countries or countries that they visited before or ones that they want to visit or just countries they want to you know take a look at from from the sky of course um yeah i'm very curious to see what london looks like in this uh we don't really get london enough in video games unless it's the three call of duty maps and uh, post brexit watchdogs legion um because other than that there hasn't been that many 
uh, game set sort of in the UK or whatever. Uh, just for reference, the Call of Duty maps are Piccadilly, which is almost a shot-for-shot shot remake with certain billboards and buildings changed. Um, there's Hackney Yard. Hackney Yard, I don't think, is a real place, but Hackney is a real place. And then you've got Cheshire Park, which is based on this, based on the same place. I don't know if that's a shot-for-shot shot remake, but uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool to see, you know, some of the London areas and whatnot, and some of the uh, like where you can go in London necessarily. Because I don't live, I'll just, I'll, I'm not going to pinpoint where I live, but I, I don't live like up London. I just live in London somewhere. Um, so it'd be cool to to see like. How close I can get to my house necessarily, um, and uh, what that's gonna kind of look like if if you can fly near there. I, I we we don't really know yet, but uh, yeah, there's there's certain areas in America that I want to look at, and other countries as well which I've not really explored before. Um, so yeah, what what areas are you wanting to, or countries do you want to like go to? I, I definitely want to travel around the world, and I also want to say that this isn't gonna be. This is more a definitely of a chill kind of a game because like yeah, i said yeah. there's no combat there's no you know ducking fighters anything like that you're just flying around enjoying the landscape mm. uh, i definitely want to kind of fly over london i gotta imagine saying you know i live in london is kind of similar to like saying i live in new york city there's a that's a wide ranging area of a lot of different uh yeah that's that's why when, that's why when people say where are you from i just say london <laughs> so it's easier yeah yeah plus it's you know the capital so um yeah but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll I see. can't wait. You know, a little, little less than a month, a little more than a month, um, and then we'll get back into that. So yeah, we're starting to uh, heat up with some game releases, which, like I said, we'll get to in a minute. So, uh, what else do you want to talk about in the meantime? Uh well, we had a rare ninja sighting, and when I say ninja, I don't mean the dudes in the black pajamas. I mean the actual I streamer ninja. <laughs> uh, he popped up on uh, YouTube streaming service uh, back on July eighth. He just simply tweeted out one hour, and then the hour later, he went live on his YouTube channel. That's all he needs uh, to do. <laughs> yep. He did uh, some Fortnite along with Doctor Lupo, Tim the Tapman, and Courage. Obviously, this is the first real sighting we've had from him since uh, Mixer shut down and he got his contract back out. The article doesn't say if he is exclusive with YouTube, but i got to imagine that he's uh, going to be on there for a while because back when he left uh, Twitch for Mixer in August 2019, he cited the uh, toxicity in the Twitch platform itself as one of the many reasons for leaving. Uh, now, it is interesting to note that he does have uh, 24 million subscribers on his YouTube channel, which is actually more than the 15 million he had on Twitch. But to be fair, YouTube's a little bit more ubiquitous. Uh, you'll go there for other things, dance streaming, catching up on news, you know, seeing funny videos of cats doing funny things, things like that. Uh, so that uh, membership, well, not even a membership, that just subscription rate's obviously a little bit higher to be understood. Yeah, more people uh, are likely to go on YouTube in this day and age than Twitch. But yeah, uh, it's Twitch, a, Twitch is still popular, but YouTube's one of the most used platforms in the world. So Yeah, it's become a portal site, kind of like Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Still no word on Dr. Disrespect, but as soon as we have anything that's posted in an article that says confirmed and not just rumor then we could talk about there we've already gone over a couple of rumors in previous podcasts and i'm i'm good at giving my opinion on a rumor but at the end of the day i'd much rather really know what 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 happened on that yeah yeah so speaking of rumors we don't have any rumor mill stuff this week but that's fine so um 
yeah, I mean, you know, the guy's been very successful. I'm sure there's certain reasons. I've seen, I haven't watched, like, his videos directly, but I've seen his videos through, like, Try Not To Laugh, Gamer Rage stuff, and uh, some of that sort of fun stuff as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you know, I've got no problem with the guy or anything like that. I've never really known a reason to have a problem with him. Um, uh, I've never really heard about too many bad things he's sort of done. So, I support him. He's he, he seems pretty good. Um, he might have done some stuff that no one knows about, but then we can't really judge that stuff. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's doing pretty well with what he's doing. I mean, 20, did you say 24, 25 million? 24 million. 24 million subscribers is... A heck of a lot. Uh, it's got to be one of the highest on YouTube. I don't know who's. Got, I don't know who's like got the most subscribers. What on was YouTube. that race a while back? Uh, there was always like subscribe to this one channel. It was like a race between two channels to see who could have the most subscribers. I don't remember that. So this was like like two or three years ago. There was like some big national push. Like you'd go to sporting events, and uh, there somebody would hang a banner over the side of the bleachers and say subscribe to so and so on YouTube. Hang on, let me look that up. Uh... Okay. But yeah, if he finds his success on YouTube, which I'm sure he will, because he's very, very popular, um, then uh, good luck to him. So, did you find what you were looking for? Uh, no, I mean, I'm finding several things, but... Uh, okay, because I'm not uh, clear what you're talking about, to be honest. But, uh, yeah. I think it was like something with Logan Paul, but I don't remember. Okay. This was like a long time ago. This is like three, four years ago, so I vaguely ish remember. Oh, T Series and PewDiePie. That's what it was. It was a race to 100 million subscribers. All right. Okay. I, and I have no idea who T Series is, and I only vaguely know who PewDiePie is. So. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, good luck to Ninja. I'm sure he'll do very well. And um, we will move on. So, unless you wanted to say anything else. Nope. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, is that all the news you've got, or have you got? No, I still got a couple more. Cool. Um, so, N- New World, which is the Amazon Game Studio massive MMO that nobody's ever remembered, uh, just delayed itself again. It was originally scheduled to have an August 25th release date, but that has been pushed back to uh, spring of 2021. In the blog post on the game's official site, studio director Rich Lawrence explains that after playtesters had time to, to with the game, they wanted they wanted to be they wanted to have more middle game and end game content in order to keep the players inter- entertained. Okay. Um, Amazon Game Studios has struggled to produce any real kind of game. Their first person shooter, Crucible, was rated five out of ten overall, and then there was another game that they don't list in the article that was. Uh, Reviewed so badly, they opted to unrelease it out of public beta and turn it back into closed beta. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I think I was talking to um, Chase from uh, Next Nothing Podcast, which you guys should go and check out. They have new episodes on Tuesday streamed on Twitch. I think they're a couple of days after that on uh, their actual podcast services. I was talking to, I can't remember the exact name of the game, but he he tweeted something about like, hey, we're going to talk about uh, this game that got pulled from Amazon. Or, or something like that, and uh, I was I was pretty surprised, and uh, we we talked a little about a little bit about that. So, yeah, you don't you don't see that too often. The last game I remember being completely pulled off any kind of store was probably the PT demo when Konami decided that they didn't want the world to know that it existed, um, or they didn't want 
anything to do with their own properties. But uh, oh, don't forget, there was the PC versions of both Arkham Knight and one of the Mortal Kombat games that both got pulled. Oh, yeah. I don't know that Arkham Knight ever made it back on. I think Mortal Kombat eventually made it on it eventually. Um, I'm rereading the article, and it looks like Crucible was the game that got reviewed so bad that they yanked it and put it back into closed beta. Okay. But, yeah, it's a rare occasion that those sorts of things happen. I did forget about the Batman Arkham Knight thing, actually. But then again, I'm not a PC gamer, so why would I mm-hmm. remember that? But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting if, if Batman Arkham Knight's still not on there, because that game's five years old, I suppose. Uh, but, yeah, some games come out broken, some don't come out very well, and some come out in this state where they need to be pulled. So, um, it's it's kind of a rare occasion, but it's an interesting one and when it does happen. So, uh, what do you think of the situation? Uh, I mean, I've always kind of been, you know, weird on the concept of Amazon having a game studio. I mean, I get that they want to, you know, have more direct control over games. Everybody does. I can understand wanting to do things under your vision. Everybody does. But it's not like they went out and found studios that weren't going to be able to get over the finish line and help them get there, you know, for a percentage or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just up and decided, oh, we're doing our own thing, and I can't name a single game that they might have actually published. Um, and the Crucible one I only heard about because of that article. So. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of gave me a thought just then with Google Stadia, which has been largely unsuccessful, and I don't hear anyone talking about it. I wonder if you have had a scenario where, because there is certain original exclusive games on Stadia. Supposing Google just had a studio called Google Stadia instead of a service, and then those games got published, you know, to playstation xbox switch or whatever there could have even been a scenario where like let's say stadia came out the same way right so it kind of works for some people if you're lucky it doesn't work at all for some people like myself if it doesn't connect i wonder if you could have had a scenario where i I know a company wouldn't necessarily want to do this i'm just kind of throwing an idea out there let's say you still had stadia out there as a streaming platform available to you but then um whatever original exclusive games that they have come out on ps4 and xbox but then everyone would probably just buy them on PS4 and Xbox, and no one would buy Stadia. So, I don't know, maybe that's the route that Google could have gone down, but, uh, yeah. Google Stadia is still a a thing that you can actually get, but I just don't hear anyone, anyone talking about it. So Yeah, that did, did happen a little bit uh, a while back, and I know you don't remember because it was so insignificant, but we did talk about Ouya and the death of that platform. Yeah, uh, There was a game that was ported from Ouya that was Ouya exclusive to the PlayStation 4, uh, Tower something or other. I don't remember the name of it. Basically, it's a four-on-four, multi-battle, semi-platformer to where it's all uh, 16-bit looking. It's just a bunch of archers shooting arrows at each other, and it's a basically a four-person battle royale. I've mm-hmm. seen it. I've seen some Let's Plays of it. I'd actually have to do a little Google searching to find out what it was. But I, I only remember that game because it was the best-selling game on the Ouya platform at 4,000 copies. Hmm. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean like maybe if Stadia like officially dies at some point, they could uh just publish those games to PlayStation and Xbox. So we'll see. Yeah. But um all right, let's move on to what what do you want to talk about next? Uh well the last thing I have is just a little bit of uh computer tech news. I know you're not a big PC gamer, but anytime something of this level comes out I do like to talk about it. Uh, Nimbus Data launched its 100 terabyte extra day drive DC100, which is a 100 terabyte solid state drive. 
and it is not cheap. So like we did with the uh, Nintendo cartridge, try to ballpark what this thing costs. Uh, there's a lot of memory in that that you just mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, a couple of thousand dollars, somewhere like that, maybe. The 100 terabyte drive will cost you $40,000, otherwise known as the base price of a 2020 Lexus ES luxury sedan. <laughs> yeah. Now, that is that is a lot of money, but that works out to about $0.40 cents per gigabyte, um, or a little bit higher if you calculate the loss based on uh, unusable space due to Windows over-provisioning, which is a kind of a nerdy term, so I won't get that too deep into it. So basically... Out of the 100 terabytes, you've got about 93 and a half ish terabytes of usable space. So, but hey, if you need that much space and you don't want to just you know use all six of your SSD of your uh, SATA slots on uh, your motherboard for just X, for uh, USB hard drives internal, or set up a kind of a mini RAID system outside, that is an option. You know, if you got that kind of cash. Yeah. So, it is an option for people. How much space did you say that I had? Uh, 100 terabytes is the listed, and then once you get into the partitioning and uh, provisioning that Microsoft has to do through the operating system, you're down to about 93 and a half-ish. Terabytes. Terabytes. That's still a ton of space. So I do know people that fill that up. They're mostly like videographers that shoot like like literally thousands of hours. Yeah. of. Uh, I can imagine I, there's I, a way to fill that up, yeah, but... Yeah, I, I know this one guy, he's got a five hard drive RAID system set up to where he can just hop swap drives in and out. And he buys like six terabyte drives and he has like six, five of them, so that's 30 terabytes. And he's like full. He's like, I'm going to have to get like another five set. Jesus. But he's shooting yeah. like 4K video two, three hours at a time. And that's pre-processing. Yeah. And then you got to have... Yeah. The, the the pre-processed is like a cat as a backup save and then you get the post process and then whatever effects you throw into it and so i can understand how he fills that up but that's still a lot of space yeah but you know 100 bucks for a six terabyte drive is a little cheaper than forty thousand. yeah so cool uh that's all the news that we got let's get into uh game releases not in not in the same way that colin and chris do it uh we're gonna just read out games from july until december maybe talk about them a little bit but now that we have some dates and we're we're getting into the second half of the year well we're basically in the second half of the year because uh, we're seven months in uh i just thought we'd go through some of those uh so the first one we got is death stranding on pc july 14th um halo 3 for the master Co- uh master chief collection for pc is july 14th got uh let me just scroll down here um hunting simulator 2 for pc july 16th um super hot mind control delete for pc ps4 and xbox one july 16th i'm gonna guess that that's dlc of some kind um i'm quite interested in that because i really really enjoyed uh super hot as well so uh it's a very challenging game but uh, i quite enjoyed that uh ghost of ghost of tsushima uh, July 17th, of course, Friday, uh, PS4 exclusive. Paper Mario, the Origami King uh, for Switch, July 17th. It's about time Nintendo actually released, you know, a new video game. Although Animal Crossing did so well that they're probably fine. So, uh, Dying Light, uh, Hellraid DLC. There's still new DLC coming out for that game, even though it's several years old. But that shows, you know, good commitment to the game. So, uh, that's for PS, uh, PC, PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, grounded, sorry, uh, destroy all humans uh, and grounded on the same day. Grounded is for PC and Xbox One. I just remembered that that demo came out. Did you download that and play that? 
Uh, no, because I didn't know at the time because the article didn't say, but you have to either be part of the Insiders program or uh, Game Pass Ultimate to get that demo. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. So it's not just a demo on the store? No, uh, they might do that later, just not right now. Okay, so we'll look out for that. Uh, Destroy All Humans, the remake PC, PS4, and Xbox One, July 28th, so that's the same day as Grounded. Uh, that's the release date for the the full game of Grounded, I'm going to assume. Uh, and not the demo that we just talked about. So that's pretty soon as well um, for, for Grounded. So end, at the end of the month, Skater XL uh, for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. So a new skating game uh, you're going to see in the next couple of years or next section of time. Uh, you know, Skate 4 is in development. Tony Hawk's remaster, uh, Tony Hawk's the remaster, the 1 and 2 remasters coming out. Skater XL's coming out. Session's coming out at some point. Uh, so yeah, skating games are going to make a comeback, which is uh, kind of cool. Uh, Neo 2, The Tenju's Disciple, uh, DLC July 30th, um, so there's that as well. Uh, Cat Quest I've heard of, um, that's coming out to PS4 and Switch July 31st, um, so you got that. Uh, Wasteland 3, which I've heard some stuff about, I don't know too much about the game. Um, that's for PC... PS4 and Xbox One. For some reason it says August 28th and then we go f- to August 4th and 7th for some other games. So just ignore that. But uh, that's August 28th for Wasteland. Uh, August video game releases. Uh, Fall Guys which I've heard some stuff about. Uh, that's for PC and PS4 August 4th. Fast and Furious Crossroads. Good this is me. Have you have you seen the, the gameplay for this? No I haven't. It, it, don't. It will hurt your eyes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it. Uh, I. I don't even. I mean, me and you. I. I know. I'm not really a Fast and Furious fan at all. How, how do you kind of feel these days about it? I know you enjoyed like Hobbs and Shaw on that, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I accept it for what it is. Is just two hours of uh, dumb, stupid fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's uh, um, not anything you can take seriously as a franchise. Although that's something that I would really love to do. Um, to fi- is to find somebody who's not seen any of the movies. Mm-hmm. And then have them watch the first movie, and then have them watch the eighth movie, and then try to describe how they got from point A to point B. <laughs> just because it is yeah. so absurdly just beyond description of you know where that starts and where that ends that I would just love somebody to try to even guess how they got there. What was Paul Walker's last one? Was that seven? He did some of Seven. They had to uh, get his brother as a stand-in for some scenes, and then they she- uh, CGI'd his face on it. You could, uh, you could really tell where the CGI was because it did not look good. Okay, so they would if you if you went from one to eight, they'd also wonder where Paul Walker's gone. I guess. Well, he wasn't in. Nobody was in the Tokyo Drift movie, although they did make that canon eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Paul Walker's in the other ones as well. So. Yeah. Um two, the second one Walker was in but Vin Diesel wasn't in and then the Drift one came out and then I think the rest of them after that they were all in it except yeah. uh, after 7. Mhm. Uh so there's that. Uh yeah, but yeah what I was going to say is that even for someone who's maybe a big Fast and Furious fan I don't know if you'll like this but have a look at it. Uh but protect your eyes. So uh it doesn't it looks like a early gen PS3 game or something like it looks like Uncharted 2 or Uncharted 1 on the PS3 or something so yeah but uh, that's that August 7th uh, same day which is good competition Horizon Zero Dawn the complete edition for PC August 7th 
let's scroll down a bit here. Microsoft Flight Simulator, August 18th for PC. So that's coming out. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, PS4 and Switch. I have no idea which Final Fantasy game that is, but I don't really follow that series. Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 4. Um which is for PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, so that'll be the update for that game. Uh, Project Cars 3, August 28th, um, there's that. Baldur's Gate 3 for PC, August to be confirmed. Call of Duty Warzone Season 5, so that's the Season 5 update, so I'll look forward to installing that. Uh, August at some point, they haven't announced the date yet, uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One. Uh, Surgeon Simulator 2, August to be confirmed. Tour de France 2020 to be confirmed for August. Um, moving into September. Uh, Avengers, Marvel's Avengers, the Square Enix game. Uh, for PC, PS4, Xbox One and Stadia. Uh, September 4th, so that's coming out as well. Um, Avengers, I just pointed that one out. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remastered. PC, PS4, uh, Xbox One. Oh, this game. Have you seen this game? WWE 2K Battlegrounds. So they did cancel the... I think it was the 2021 WWE game. This is like an arcade kind of... Uh, I haven't seen any gameplay, but I've seen some screenshots and it's definitely arcade uh, Have you seen any images for this game? The WWE 2K Battlegrounds? No, but I'm not much into that game, so... Okay, yeah, but it basically looks like a... Yeah, a, a sort of arcade style um, wrestling game. So I guess that's... Their replacement for this year, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it isn't going to be a 2021 game. So uh, you got that, which again is a bit weird to have a sports analyzed sports fr- franchise game be cancelled. But uh, yeah, the last one didn't go very well. So <laughs> there's that as well. Uh, Mafia Definitive Edition PS4, PS, PS4, PC, Xbox One, and Stadia September 25th. Tennis World Tour 2 September to be confirmed. Watch Dogs Legion uh, October 29th. Um, it's done the same thing again. I've copied and but I should have said who I got this from, by the way. It's from um, Games Radar. So go and check those guys out over there. I've put, I've put a link in the show notes to this article as well. If you want to have a look, if you want to have a look at the release dates yourself, so uh, you can have a look at that. Um, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Switch. Well, I, it's going to come out on Switch, I would guess, at some point, but probably later. At some point, I don't know, but uh, I'm obviously looking forward to that. It's going to be in October. Star Wars Squadron, that's the flight game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, for October 2nd, so that's actually on the same day as Crash Bandicoot, so that's going to be interesting. Activision versus EA for that one. Uh, ben 10's getting a video game on October 9th. Ben 10, Power Trip. Uh, I don't really know anything about Ben 10. And then one of the sports games which EA's not really said anything about, FIFA 21, PS4, Xbox One... I'm pretty sure that should be out on PC as well, but uh, October 9th. And there'll be some version of for Switch, probably, whether it will be last year's game instead of this year's, because they did that this year. Uh, FIFA 20 on Switch is actually FIFA 19. Um, I don't know if they've changed that, but that was what I heard when the game came out. So, But yeah, FIFA 21, I've, I've seen one CG trailer thing for it. Uh, I haven't seen any gameplay for FIFA 21, and it's out in a couple of months, but it's it's kind of got to that point with their their games where they know people are going to buy FIFA anyway. Not everyone, obviously, at, at launch. Some people will wait a few months, but there's going to be enough people buying that at launch to where they don't really need to bother showing gameplay and stuff. But I've not even heard this year about like any changes to career mode or features or even Ultimate Team updates. I've not heard anything on it this year, so. Uh, maybe I should seek that stuff out, but I've usually you don't fail to see 
news about a big game like that. So, uh, Transformers Battlegrounds, you're a Transformers guy, aren't you? Yeah. Um, do you know much about this game? Uh, it's not been on my radar. I'm just kind of in one of those moods that it could either be really, really good or really, really bad, and there's not going to be a lot of in-between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard War for Cybertron was really good, but I never did see that. I uh, play that game, rather, so... Uh, but that's out on October 23rd, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Watch Dogs Legion, October 29th, we talked about that. Uh, Dark Pictures Anthology, this is the Little Hope one. I can't remember what the first one was called, but this is an anthology, so you don't need to play the first one. That's gonna wasn't be... it uh, Man of Madan or something that, like that? That was it, yeah, yeah, I did play that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, re- I reviewed it, you can search on the website and see if I did. I'm pretty sure that I did. Uh, but that's for Little Hope. This is the next one. It's got the guy who played, um, or the guy who looks like Sid from Toy Story. I don't think he did like the, I, I don't know, he, he looks a lot like Sid. I can't remember the actor's name, but, uh, he's been in some stuff as well. He's going to be in that game. Uh, like we said, it is an anthology, so you don't need to play Man of Medan or Maiden to understand what's going on in this game. That'd be October 30th, which makes sense because it can be a Halloween sort of game. Um, do, 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 Nickelodeon Kart Races 2 that's very soon after the first one I'm pretty sure the first one only came out earlier this year didn't hear anyone really talk about it but there's going to be another one so if you like your Nickelodeon characters you can race around them as them in a cart so uh, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, for November 19th PC, PS4, Xbox One and Stadia um, do, 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 Assassin's Creed Valhalla November 17th PC, PS4, Xbox One, Stadia. Um, so that is well. That there's two big open world games for, for November. Um, I think you, I don't think you'll need more than that for. There is a couple of other games, but yeah, Cyberpunk and uh, Assassin's Creed in the same month. What do you think about that? They're actually two days apart. Uh, November seventeenth for Assassin's Creed. November nineteenth for Cyberpunk. So yeah, I mean, obviously, everybody that's listening to this podcast knows I'm going to be playing Cyberpunk. That's pretty much a given. So. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I mean, I really don't even know what I could say. It's just I'm I know what I'm going to be playing. So cool. Yeah. I think what I'll maybe do is try and get Assassin's Creed on that day. Play as much of it as I can, I suppose, and then play Cyberpunk on the on the nineteenth, and then try to make my mind up as to what to play. So uh, we shall see. Handball is coming out uh, in November at some point to be confirmed. December, we've got... Uh, there's a bunch of games in here with unconfirmed release dates. Uh, I did copy the whole list down. I'm not sure how much I need to read here. But um, there's the Peaky Blinders game, Mastermind. It says summer 2020. But we're in July, so we'll see when that's supposed to come out. Uh, that's pretty much all the notable ones. Um, Pokemon Shield and Sword expansion. Um, got that... Yeah, that's that's pretty much all the games. I'm just going to scroll past that to the emails. Now I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you this question. I'll see if you can if you know which game I'm talking about. There's one really big game in there that hasn't been talked about at all this year yet. That's a big game that comes out every year that isn't on that list. What game do you think that, that is? Um, Madden would be my guess. That was also one that wasn't on there. Uh, Call of Duty. There's been no word at all on the on the uh, 2020 Call of Duty, which is really weird. Um, Activision have spoken about a couple of games this year. You know, the uh, Crash Bandicoot game, the Tony Hawk's remaster. There was some talk 
I think earlier this year that uh, the next Call of Duty game, the 2021, has got some development problems. Uh, I don't know if they're going to just support Modern Warfare for another year and give it like another five seasons or whatever. Um, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy to, to, to play that game as long as they added more maps and guns and whatnot and that sort of stuff. Uh, does that surprise you? I mean, it's quite unusual that the game doesn't even get talked about. Um, I mean, it must be in some stage of development. Uh, what do you think? Oh, to be honest, I'm so oblivious to that game itself, I couldn't tell you if there's been a game that's come out this year or not. I think they're just you know doing well so well with Warzone that uh, you don't really have to mess with anything so far. Yeah, so we will see what they announce with that, but I'd be perfectly fine with playing Modern Warfare for another year, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just a big a big one that's, that's not even been talked about yet this year, so... Uh, that's all the game releases. Let us know what you guys are planning on playing, what you're going to avoid, and if you are a uh, Fast and Furious fan, what you think of that game. Let us know. We're curious. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Speaking of emails, we are going to read some of them out and then end the show with that. We have a fair few this week, so we'll get through those. Um, Taylor says, so who is going to talk next? Uh, we have had a weird presentation from Microsoft um full uh ps5 reveal an ea play ubisoft event devolver digital which i didn't watch by the way uh who is next uh to me one of the big ones that hasn't talked for a while is nintendo um i don't know what big game they've got planned for the end of this year um uh, we know that breath of the wild 2 is in development there's probably another mario game in development because i think that would be pretty surprising if there wasn't um whether it would be mario odyssey 2 or just a, a new type of game um, yeah, that's, the, I mean, out of the big three, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, I know Nintendo tends to do their own kind of stuff, and, and they're they're in their own little bubble, so they don't really follow everyone else in the same way, but yeah, they had um, Animal Crossing, which was in March, I want to say, some point mm-hmm. earlier early this year. It did, yeah, it, it was did right, sell... right before or right after the lockdown. Yeah, yeah, I remember a lot of people saying that like that that game really helped them with lockdown and things like that. So, yeah, that was in about March, and the game did sell really, really well. Uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but um, that did really well. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it, we're due for another. We surely due for another Nintendo Direct uh, pretty soon. What do you think? Uh, sooner or later with the Nintendo. Um, well, we do have a Microsoft coming up next Thursday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, Nintendo's about the only one that I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't remember when the last Nintendo Direct was, um, so, yeah, but, you know, uh, Animal Crossing's doing really well for them, and I'm sure that they're happy with that, so, because I'm, I'm... Maybe an EA, maybe Bethesda, if something serious comes up, but I don't see either one of those. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, Bethesda needs to just kind of be quiet at the moment and just, uh, focus on development for their games, so... Uh, what? Um, yeah, because yeah, it's been it's been a long time since Nintendo's talked, so we'll see what they come out with. But that's that's the big kind of no- notable missing one. We just had Ubisoft, we just had EA. Um, Bethesda's not talked for a while, but that's fine. We just had a full PS5 thing. So yeah, Microsoft and Nintendo, I think, should should be should be next. So which should be fairly soon. Uh, Gareth says that was a dreadful showing from Ubisoft. More disrespect for Sam Fisher, which is the lead character of, of Splinter Cell. Uh, another reskinned Assassin's Creed game and other shit as well. I can't help but kind of agree here. Um, I mean, I, I, I remember a few months ago Ubisoft kind of said that, like, okay, they've not necessarily got too many ideas for a new Splinter Cell game or 
something like that. But and, and maybe that's their kind of way. Because I'm just trying to think of like where Ubisoft's heads at with with Splinter Cell and with Sam Fisher. Maybe that's their way of thinking. Like, okay, we can still acknowledge that we have Sam Fisher, Splinter Cell, and we can put him in some mobile games, but. It's just, when you look around the internet and you see people talking about Splinter Cell at the moment, it's just disappointment about, like, okay, where is a new game that we could probably get? I mean, they had a chance to make a next-gen launch title, you know, for Series X and PS5, and we're obviously not going to get that. Uh, maybe we'll get one next year, maybe it'll be the year after, who who, who knows, but, uh, yeah, so, um, but, uh, yeah, what do you think of the kind of treatment with him? I know we talked about it a little bit already. Yeah, with uh, Sam Fisher, they're really just trolling us more than anything else. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, another reskin to Assassin's Creed. I kind of spoke about that a little bit as well, about, you know, you're just kind of picking random characters from different time points that don't really have anything to do with being an ancestor of Layla or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure what they're doing with Assassin's Creed, but uh, we shall see. Tonya says, so with all the next-gen reveals we have seen so far, who has messed up the most? I think Sony has shown the strongest so far. I think one of the reasons Sony's probably shown the strongest so far is we waited and waited and waited and waited and waited, and they built up, they got it to a point where they could build up so much to it, like Horizon and Ratchet and Clank and PS5 design reveal and Spider-Man and this and that and all the other stuff that they showed. Um, And they haven't even revealed, like, you know, Spider-Man 2 yet or God of War. 2 or 5 or whatever it's going to be called um, or what they're going to do with um, what's the other big game that they got uh, some of those other ones as well that we got towards the end of the generation but yeah I think Sony just kind of took an opportunity to be like here's next Spider-Man, here's next Horizon here's new Ratchet, here's the PS5 design, bang 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 kind of thing um, and then just kind of showed it all in all in one go and I think it worked pretty well Um I don't necessarily think they've messed up the most, but I'm I'm waiting for Microsoft to come out with something good. And we do have that presentation that like we said next week, I think. Is it next week you said? Next week? Yeah, it's next Thursday, I believe. Cool. Uh so yeah, maybe they'll show off some some new games. I think it's time to show us what Halo Infinite looks like, what Grounded um looks like a bit more as well, uh, although that game's coming out fairly soon. Um Hellblade 2, I'd love to see some gameplay stuff for and you know, just some of the new IP that they've hopefully got as well. So, um, yeah, what do you think? Who's kind of um, messed up the most or been the strongest so far? Uh, Well, I definitely wouldn't put uh, Sony as the strongest because there's still way too many unknowns um, when it comes in regard to the console. We don't know how well the backwards compatibility is going to be. We don't even know if our PS4 controllers will work on the PS5. Mm. Uh, We don't know... The price, although to be fair, we don't know that on on Microsoft Series X either. Uh, we don't know, you know, how physically big it is. Although a lot of people are saying it's kind of comically big. Um, yeah, but I, with Mark, I think they're both too big. The consoles. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're gonna be too big. That's just a given. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sony could have easily just dropped that uh, price and just be done with it but they decided not to do that and mm-hmm. uh, we'll you, just have to see from there do you think Microsoft gives a price next week 65-ish percent I mean we gotta have a price to start doing pre-orders I mean technically you can go to your big electronic stores and put like 10 bucks down to register your position but that's just kind of a placeholder that doesn't actually yeah. tell us how much it's gonna cost 
Yeah. Uh, but Microsoft can say, you know, it's going to be this price for this model, and then they'll. Pro- I'm like 80ish percent sure they'll show Lockhart, which is going to be their digital version of the Series X, mm-hmm. and we'll. I was 65ish percent to that we get a price because it's July now, so. Calendar-wise, that's number seven. If you want them out by October, that's eight, nine, ten. That's three months. You're not giving people a lot of time to uh, save up money and uh, get this thing done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say, so I can't say it. Um, yeah. I, so yeah. Uh, I, th- I think next week with the Microsoft thing, it should be uh, like sure you could you could show the price in that but i think you need to okay show us show us what games we're going to get with Ser- with series x and i know they're not going to be exclusive for i think it's like a year and a half or whatever but uh yeah just just show up show us what your studios have been working on for the past year or so they did do that a little bit when they did their big hardware reveal they didn't show anything new but they showed the speed difference on the current games when it comes yeah. to the series x because i remember we talked about that they uh showed state of decay 2 which is a game i play a ton and they show how quickly it uh um, popped up and worked on the series x versus even a 1x uh and that was a huge uh, speed boost on that so yeah uh, what else we got? Harrison, we got two more emails, by the way. Uh, Harrison says, "Did you guys see the removal of genitals option for Cyberpunk? I don't think he, I think he means the, the the removal of the customizable option. Your character will still have genitals. Uh, the removal of that option for Cyberpunk 2077. I have seen people freaking out. Well, that's what happens in 2020. Um, do you think it's a big deal? Um, no, I don't. I don't think it's a big deal necessarily. If it doesn't mean anything for the story or the characters or the gameplay." which is your three biggest things or the plot if it's just a case of like you can do certain things to the genitals or whatever or you can have like a piercings on them or something because people do actually do that as well um if you take that out of the game and they're just they're just ordinary i'm perfectly fine with that um so yeah it's it's not a big deal to me and it was it was one of them news things that was kind of quietly released uh a few weeks ago so because i think at the time we had like a lot of news and i just decided not to include it but um yeah they they, they didn't really talk about that in the um cyberpunk presentation I, I just don't think it's really a big deal what do you think yeah i mean there's technically a lot of stuff that they removed that they didn't talk about they removed uh wall running because they couldn't really get it to work on a level that they liked um and there's some other thing that I'm not remembering off the top of my head that they removed. It's it's not like a hugest thing in the world. So yeah. Uh, so they have been removing a couple of things from it. So it, and that is unfortunate, but uh, you know it is what it is. Yeah. If it's just something that in the at the end of the day they don't feel is relevant and adds to development time, then sure, take it out if you feel the need to. Um. So. There we go. Uh, lastly, Yasmin says, Hey Matt, thanks for streaming Last of Us 2. You're quite welcome. Uh, I know you spoke about what Naughty Dog should do should do with it, but what do you want them to do? So I think she's talking about Last of Us. Uh, you got the TV show from HBO. Um, I would do DLC for Last of Us 2 that takes place in a story part that I can't spoil, but one that takes place back in time a little bit um because i think there's a particular time period you could focus on um i'll talk to you about it robert off off the air because i don't want to spoil things here but uh, i think there's a particular time period you could focus on that goes back in time a little bit uh which would be quite a good idea um 
And uh, yeah, again, not in, not getting into spoiler stuff, but I think there's a potential for Last of Us Three. Um, whether it's the third and final part, and it's a nice little trilogy, we don't know. Um, but other than that, like that's that's two things I think that they could uh, do that would work. I mean, you did the um, Left Behind DLC for Last of Us Part One, which was a prequel kind of thing, which showed I think it was Ellie and Riley. I think that was the other girl's name. Um, and kind of showed them starting in the apocalypse and Ellie figuring, Ellie finding out about her, uh, how the bite affects her, basically. I'm not sure if people consider that a spoiler or what or whatnot, but uh, there's some stuff about that, obviously. Um, but yeah, they did that. That was fairly good. I never did actually play Left Behind. I don't really feel much need to right now, necessarily. Maybe I'll go and grab it or something, I don't know. But uh, I have seen uh, all of that sort of story. I thought that played out pretty well, so... Yeah, that's that's the next two things I think they should, they could do. But I think in terms of Neil um, Neil Druckmann, the director of the game, I think he's going to focus on the uh, show for a little bit. So, which they, they still have to do casting for and get it all to the series and all that sort of thing. So, um, what do you want them to do with the game? I know you're not like a Last of Us fan per se, but uh, what do you think? I think they could uh, definitely do some story in the world itself. That's one of those things that you have to be really. Uh conscious on you know where you go with the story who you have in the story whether or not it's actually somebody that you want in the story or if you just go complete tangent uh like the walking dead shows did with uh the telltale games to where it's just in the world and you have whole new characters Mm. yeah um that's a possibility i don't know how new characters would work in last of us necessarily um if you did it as like a spin-off it might work but um I don't know. That's 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 a possibility because it it worked for Walking Dead. There was no Rick, there was no Carl, no one like that in in the show. There's no Daryl or Michonne or whatever. Um, so there's there's possibility that you could do that, but uh, yeah. So I guess we'll find out at some point what they decide to do. So. Uh, and that's this week's episode for Random Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much for listening. Like I said, you can write in with thoughts, feelings, questions, comments about video games and all that sort of stuff or anything related to Entertainment Talk, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalk UK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, if you would like to support Entertainment Talk and the podcast, you can do so. We're on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for instant podcast um, options, ad-free podcast options, and uh, review options as well. So have a look out for those. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, just search for Entertainment Talk or look at the iTunes feeds page. You can also find David on geektown.co.uk. Uh, I've just looked, by the way, this week's Geek Town episode is out, which has got someone very familiar on it as well. So, uh, you can have a look out for that. That's on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio Tuesdays for that, uh, for all your up-to-date, reliable TV and film news. Uh, if you want to check out Bex, she is uh, Trista Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S, on Twitch. She's doing some stuff with horror games, Alien Isolation. She also put up a vote thing earlier today for which games you should play next so you can go and vote on that on vote on that on twitter as well trista bites on on twitter that sort of stuff uh go and follow her subscribe to her and get involved with all that fun stuff as well we do have an amazon affiliate link you can use that if you want to shop on amazon we can get a small cut and it won't cost you extra um i've already mentioned the itunes feeds um twitch for us i am streaming last of us part two twitch.tv forward slash i am 94 because i still have that profile for some reason although i'm using it at the moment so just go and check that out over there uh david also streams sometimes on twitch as well and look out for let's play sundays check out the special 50th episode and all the other episodes that you can on entertainmenttalk.org thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye